A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Casper, there was a moment probably six or seven years ago now where I was walking with our beloved friend, Stephanie Paulsell. And I was complaining to her about the pain that I was in and how embarrassing what I was going through was. And she looked at me and she said, okay, Vanessa, what are we going to do about it? Mm. And that moment of just someone being like, your pain is serious and we are a team that is going to do something about this really changed the way that I thought about my illness. And I ended up getting eventually diagnosed with endometriosis, as you know, and as many of our listeners know. And looking back, I really think that that moment with Stephanie saying we made a huge difference in that really draining, painful process of trying to get a diagnosis. I remember that time so well, because you were at your wit's end. Like you had tried so many places, so many doctors had not taken you seriously. And I'm so grateful that you've talked about it on the podcast that we've done together because I know we've heard from many listeners who've been in the same situation. And today we're hearing from someone who's joining us on the show who is experiencing pain and doesn't have a diagnosis and is bringing a question that is all about how to manage that experience. But before we talk to that person, you might start to notice that we have a few ads on the show in order to make the show sustainable. But we want to let you know that The Real Question is still ad-free on Patreon. So if you sign up for our Patreon, even at the lowest tier, you will get ad-free episodes of the show as part of that. And thank you all for listening. I'm Casper Terkyle. And I'm Vanessa Zoltan. And this is The Real Question. Today, we're joined by Maya Ghosh. Maya is a sophomore at Occidental College on the golf team and a big fan of Liverpool Football Club. Maya, thank you so much for being with us today. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm very, very excited. (laughs) Maya, of course, calling in from the greatest city in the world, Los Angeles, California. Wait, where is Occidental College? Is it in L.A.? It's in Eagle Rock, so closer to Pasadena. Eagle Rock. America has the funniest names. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> um, Ipswich, Norwich, Wolverhampton. Oh, I like you. <laughs> and you all don't pronounce your cities. I love Derbyshire. 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 There's no A in it. <laughs> so Maya, will you tell us a little bit about the question that you're bringing onto the show today and, and why you're asking it? Yeah, so... To give a little backstory, my sophomore year of high school, I started having really weird knee pain. And I played soccer as a child. I got injured a lot. I kind of just figured it was old injuries cropping back up. No big deal. And it continued and it started happening in my ankles and then a couple years ago in my wrists and my shoulders. So I joke that I have pain in my head, shoulders, knees and toes. (laughs) But... The more that it spread, the more I was like, okay, something is not right here. So I went to my doctor and ended up going to a bunch of different doctors and a bunch of different medical departments. And they all told me some variation of from what I'm looking at in your charts and in your exam, like you're perfectly healthy. Hmm. And one of the doctors even said that they think it is an anxiety response And that I'm being triggered by something in my environment and that's what's going on and that Mm. I shouldn't really be that worried because this isn't affecting my daily life and I'm not like laid up in the hospital. So that was really demoralizing and disheartening. And that's kind of where I'm at now with just wondering, do I even keep going back? Like, is it worth fighting this fight and going through all these appointments to try and get a diagnosis or do I just kind of have to live and accept that my joints are going to hurt for maybe the rest of my life. Hmm. First of all, I'm so sorry that you're in pain. That sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Why wouldn't you keep trying to get a diagnosis? Just because I remember like sitting in that appointment where I was told it was all in my head and just like being on the verge of tears on like a Zoom call with a doctor and just kind of being like, what is the point of this? Like every time I go back to a different doctor, I like get really hopeful and I'm like, maybe this is the doctor that will understand my body enough to understand that this is a problem. And you hope for a while too, because a lot of doctors are very hard to get into, especially if they're after the pandemic. So it's like you hope for months that like this appointment is going to be the one that like you're going to finally figure it out. And then there's that, like, crashing realization that then is like, okay, so this is a long-term thing. This is going to be for the rest Mm. of your life. It, like, makes it really easy to kind of spiral a little bit, too. So I just kind of feel like maybe enough is enough and maybe there's no point because maybe nobody can help me. Mm. You said this has been going on for a couple of years, Maya? Yeah, so the pain started... My sophomore year of high school, so like four years ago, and then the whole doctor process started in like the very beginning of 2020. Oh, wow. So this has been going on for a while. Like you've seen multiple people and have had that roller coaster and let down every time. Yeah. Do you feel like you have a sense of what it is? No, it's hard. I have someone in my family that has rheumatoid arthritis So we thought maybe it would be that, but been to a rheumatologist. Everybody in my life has, like, differing thoughts about what it may be. I just kind of am like, if somebody could tell me what is going on, that would be great. But I haven't made any, like, decisions or conclusions on my own. Yeah. 
this is never a fun question to ask why, but when you consider like what's the worst case scenario, where does your mind go? I mean, my mind just goes to like living with this for the rest of my life because I'm only 19, mm. right? That worries me for the future of like, we all hear about you get problems with your joints and your body as you get older. If I'm right. starting out with this like bad joint pain, obviously I can live with that now, but like at what point is it going to be like mm-hmm. unlivable is like that's something that's going to happen. So, yeah. In your imagination, Casper asked the worst case scenario, what does getting a diagnosis feel like to you when you imagine it? To me, honestly, it it sounds really weird to say my worst case scenario is this lasts forever and my best case scenario is like this lasts forever and I have a name for it. But that's really what it feels like because this obviously impacts me in my daily life, right? And I, like, will sit down in the middle of a round and, like, have to tape my ankles. And people are like, what's going on? And then I have to go on this really long-winded explanation about how, like, I have random joint pain. I don't know where it causes it. I don't know why it happens. I have not been diagnosed with anything. Mm. So I feel like just the ease of, like, yes, I have this disease or I have this condition and that's what's causing this, like, That feels like such a weight off to me. And also I feel like if you have something and you know like what's causing it, there's probably more information out there about like remedies and if not cures, but like things that you can do to treat your pain and stuff. So yeah, that feels really like important or significant to me to like have something to be like, this is what it is. Yeah. Maya, I'm just hearing how much this whole situation sucks. Like... (laughs) (laughs) first of all like that moment of like oh i have to adjust something like i'm taping up my ankles and someone asked me what are you doing and then i have like now i have to like or i feel like i have to tell them like a five minute thing there's so much judgment that i can imagine happens in those interactions plus you have to like self-disclose all of this stuff that like no one has the right to know first of all so like that situation then you have to navigate all of this medical stuff which is like anxiety provoking at the best of times and then the whole question of like well maybe it's this which maybe means that my like has my own body been like doing like damn it like this is just so annoying and so i can i can just feel like how you brought us one question but there's actually all of these layers of frustration and doubt and sadness and just management of logistics that is exhausting and I, I just, I'm really sorry. Like, it's, it seriously sucks. So we're not going to diagnose you today because we are not medical experts. But what I really hope we can get to is like, with the help of your texts and, and just some time in conversation, to hopefully find some clarity on at least the next best step of like, do I keep going to these appointments or do I put this aside for now? Does that sound right? Yeah. And thank you for acknowledging I don't know. Thank you doesn't feel like the right word, but like, I appreciate that you acknowledged all of the things that go into this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should we look at your text, Maya, and see what it is that you brought us and see where that takes us? Yes. So my first text is a quote from the show Mythbusters, which was on Discovery a long time ago because I grew up with this show. And their goal was just to, like, make science fun and to make it, like, entertaining and to take all these, like, 
urban legends that people have heard and like actually test them out through the scientific method. And I am not a hard STEM person now, but they definitely did have like a really big impact on me. And like, I really thought I was going to like do something in science. Like, it's just a lovely show that I appreciate so much for having existed. And so the quote I brought from that show is, failure is always an option, which is something that they kind of repeated a lot and was a constant theme, especially with like doing science. They were like, yeah, failure is always an option. Mm. What is failure in your scenario? I don't know. (laughs) It feels like failure is going to these doctors and not getting a diagnosis, but it also feels like failure is not even going and like stopping this process. Everything. (laughs) But what's not failure is getting a diagnosis. Mm. Yeah. That is success to you, correct? Yes. But the two options for failure are deciding to keep going to doctors and deciding to not. Yeah. (laughs) The more you say it, the more I'm like, well, I'm just setting myself up for failure no matter what route I go down. But it just, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm wondering how you feel about the sentence, failure is always an option. Is it an optimistic one? Like, don't worry about it. You can always fail. You'll be fine. Or is it like, yep, failure's the option. It's always the option. No, it definitely feels very optimistic to me. And it feels like, obviously, it's a play on like failure's never an option. And so I feel like, yeah, it's always read as really optimistic to me and really like hopeful. Okay, so I'm going to say two things. I'm I'm running an experiment. I am a mythbuster. Okay. Never going to the doctor again and just living with this pain is always an option. Like think about how that made you feel. Okay. Going to the doctor and constantly looking for a solution until you find one is always an option. Which of those two felt like That's always an option. I can just choose that. I feel like the thing that really struck me when you said that was just like the gravity of always, Mm. but like in a good, in a good way, like you're both making faces like this is going to be sad, but like for once I'm like, no, this is a good thing (laughs) because like always is like my entire life. Yeah. And so like I could choose to like go back to a doctor in five years and that's still always And so I feel like that kind of settled me into the idea that, like, as long-term as this is, like, it can be longer-term than what I'm perceiving in my mind. Right. Because the idea of setting up a doctor's appointment for three years from now doesn't feel as scary. And as, like, I'm going to throw myself into this hope spiral, it just feels like, okay, I have an appointment in a very long time. Okay, weird question. Do you win every golf tournament that you play? Ha! No. (laughs) So why do you keep playing? Because I like the sport and I love my team and it's fun. What if going to the doctors was like a golf tournament? Have you ever been to a doctor? No, no. Bear with me. <laughs> bear with me because because I enjoy the sport and I love my team. Like what can we take from that to the doctor situation? 
Because I hear you say every time I go to the doctor, it's because I'm hoping I'm going to get a diagnosis. And I'm wondering, can we uncouple those two things that like you play the sport because you love it and you love your team and sometimes you win bonus. Like I'm just trying to uncouple the, the emotional roller coaster from the fact of speaking to doctors. I see where you're going and I understand yeah. it. You're like, it's still bullshit. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, because when you said think about it like a tournament, I wasn't necessarily thinking about like the love of the sport and like the team aspect. I was thinking about like, okay, I prepare for a tournament. I like go through practice and I like have this expectation of like you're just going in to do what you can do and you know your skill level. So I was like that maybe is something that I could bring to like a perspective of a doctor's appointment and being more like intentional about my emotions, but I wasn't thinking like the way that you went down. Well, I like the way you went down much better. That sounds really smart. <laughs> I mean, right, because that that's not one of the options we talked about, right? Like, it's not like the Mythbusters were like, we're going to send a car without really setting it up for success. Oh, well, failure is always an option, right? They still tried really hard every time to set it themselves up for success. How would it feel if you just went into every doctor's appointment with failure is always an option, but I'm trying, I'm showing up. I love the team of me and my body. The doctor and I are on the same team and ah, we, we lost today. Is that a possibility for what failure would mean? I feel like it definitely is. Like I said, I feel like I'd be more intentional with my emotions and I feel like that would be setting me up for, I was going to say setting myself up for a kind of success in a weird way, if, like, yeah, I yeah. had that process to go through and that, like, understanding. I mean, can I just say, though, I hate this answer because essentially what we've come to is what you need is an attitude adjustment. <laughs> but what I love about what you've said is that there would be deliberate practices. You would gear yourself up psychologically and be like, okay, I feel hope coming mm. in. What does that mean? How do I deal with that, right? It would take practice, right? Like it would take discipline to keep it in a place that I didn't go on this emotional spiral. Mm. It's like I would need to bring this resilience and determination. And right, like golf is really hard. Like you get up early for training, right? Like that attitude adjustment would be a big mental commitment that like is always an option to you, but also makes sense to me that you might not want to do right now. You're in college. It's not a simple thing, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. And it's weird that like you were talking about how like disciplined I'd have to be and how much of a process this was. And it wasn't like that wasn't scary to me, maybe because I've gone through something similar with golf and like having to really be intentional about my attitude and how I'm approaching it, but it wasn't as fear-inducing at all as, like, where I came in to this question. And that's really special, because, like, for a lot of people, including me, that sounds really hard. Like, I think about people who are auditioning every day. Like, when I met my now husband, he was a, a musician, and he kept having to audition. I would crumple. Like, I need to be affirmed in everything I do all of the time. So, like, that kind of, like, okay, I'm starting again. I'm starting again. I'm starting again. Like, that is real mental skill, which I, I hope you don't discount the clear expertise you have at this point in doing that, because that does not come naturally to me or most people. 
who who do you really respect who has that kind of discipline? Like, do you have heroes, sporting or otherwise, that like really exhibit this kind of yeah mental ability th- that come to mind? Well, actually, I think my next text will really encapsulate that and is like my example of a hero. Great. Let's turn to that text. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So I have a quote from Jurgen Klopp, who is the manager of Liverpool Football Club, my absolute favorite soccer team to ever exist. And basically this quote comes from a press conference before a game they were playing. And the like summary for non-soccer people is they play a team away and they play a team at home. Whoever won on aggregate score goes on to the final of this really prestigious competition. And so they played the leg away and they were down 3-0. And so it is like almost an insurmountable task in any soccer game to score four goals. And they ended up doing it. They won. They went on to win this competition, right? So because of all of that, this has become very famous in Liverpool fan circles And the quote is, if we can do it, wonderful. If we can't, let's fail in the most beautiful way. First of all, I love that you're bringing us some soccer. Obviously, I'm a Leeds fan and resent Liverpool a little bit. Obviously. Because they're such a special club. You know, everyone thinks Liverpool's such a special club. Um, That was my best Scouse accent, for those of you familiar. So I'm curious, why did you choose this quote? You know, he's this kind of mythical football manager. He's taken Liverpool to great heights. You know, he's achieved a lot. But why this quote? I mean, part of it is just like the resonance of it. Like when I think of Jurgen Klopp quotes, when I think of Liverpool things, like this is 
one of the things that really stands out, right? There's like a 10 minute edited clip of like these two games that's really super dramatic and like I will play it and I will cry Mm. because it's just so beautiful. So it's like part of it is just the resonance of it with me and like the emotional tie that I have to it. Part of it I just think is it feels like the most pretty dressed up version of like every cliche sports quote ever. (laughs) But I love that it's like very pretty and dressed up. I love that we're not just saying like leave it all out on the pitch. We're saying like fail in the most beautiful way. Who says that? <laughs> it's also, I, I, I think sometimes people who don't love sports don't understand this. Like, yes, we follow sports because it's exciting. Sure, people are skilled. They they play matches. But like when you follow a team through a season and, and the, you know, the English soccer leagues, it's like 10 months, nine months in a season. So it's like a full year of traveling game by game, match by match. It shapes you. And I'm curious, like, I just want to hear you talk about why you love Liverpool. Like, what about that club? What about Jurgen Klopp resonates with who you are? Like, what what does loving Liverpool tell us about who Maya is? I mean, I started liking Liverpool by accident, kind of. I played competitive soccer. Everybody was a fan of Manchester United. So I was like, I'm going to be different. And Liverpool is my team. And there was no thought that went into that decision. But the more I learn about the club and the more I follow the club, I'm just so happy that that was my decision because it's a soccer club that's not owned by oil money or by an oligarch. They have the most amazing song and you'll never Mm -hmm. walk alone. And like, that was my first tattoo that I got after my 18th birthday was I have the words, you'll never walk alone tattooed on my arm. The players are so wonderful and funny. And there's just this mentality of like being good people and supporting the systems and I don't know. There's just so much about it that like I could never live there because I do not function well in the rain and the cold. But if it was sunny, I would love to like live there and like I feel like I'd fit in and it just everything about it just is so cool and amazing and beautiful. I mean, so you sold me. I'm now a Liverpool fan. I'm not kidding. Please email me that 10 minute clip. I love (laughs) crying over sports. But so, right, like, I'm going to just ask the obvious question. What does it mean to fail in the most beautiful way? We've defined failure in many different ways in the first part of this episode. Which version of failure looks beautiful to you? Mm. I feel like the obvious or, like, the very first gut instinct answer is, like, you have to go back. Like, that is the spirit of this. You have to do it. You have to try, like... Whether or not I try in a more intentional way now because we've had this discussion or whether it's just like putting yourself through it and go, 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 go. Like it feels like unless I do something, it can't be like failing in the most beautiful way because I haven't left it all out there. I haven't given blood, sweat and tears. I haven't pushed to my last ounce. Right. But I don't know. I also feel like there's something problematic in that. What? What? Just the idea that, like, that's the only thing that can be the most beautiful way and, like, the idea that my brain is saying, like, no, you have to do this for it to be the most beautiful way when maybe the most beautiful way is, like, the way that allows me to take care of myself or the way that allows me the least amount of emotional turmoil or something. The reason that I'm frustrated about this quote for you is that soccer games are a limited amount of time, right? Right. What are they? They're 90 minutes Mm -hmm. and they're 90 minutes no matter what. 
Whereas you were talking about potentially going to doctors or not going to doctors for an indeterminate amount of time. And I'm wondering what that distinction does to this quote for you. Like, it's really easy to leave it all out on the field because it ends. But like, what does that look like in in a life that, God willing, will be, you know, another 80 years? I don't know. I wonder if it's like setting myself a time limit, if it's saying like, I'm going to go back to doctors from the age of 23 to 27, or if it's recognizing that and just having that and just being like, failing in the most beautiful way can change or it can be like, I've made this decision and like once that decision plays out, Mm. that can be the most beautiful thing and then it can reset. Maybe it doesn't have to be so like individual to one decision. Yes. I'm suddenly seeing the resonance with like the seasons approach, right? Because like you play 52 games or however many it is and then there's a winner for the season and we start again. What would it be like to say, okay, this next season of Doctors United sees us approaching three doctors, one in this realm, one in that realm, and one in that realm. And like, let's see how we play. I'm going to do, you know, what I can do. And then we're going to see what happens. And at the end, we didn't win the trophy, but we played a beautiful game. Yeah, I feel like, like, I like that idea or something with the idea of like, setting myself a time span and setting myself like, do this for now or you need a break now and that's fine. That's you're in your summer break of your season, right? Like something that gives it more of a limitation. Cause I feel like that also is like, it was just, it was so big without any of this. And the more that like we talk about this, the more I'm like, this is more of an approachable problem. If I like frame it as a season or if I frame it as three months or whatever time span I pick, it feels much more like, I can tackle this and I can do this. I, I'm i so touched that you have a tattoo of you'll never walk alone. And it strikes me that in the second quote, the word we shows up twice. And you mentioned that your family and friends are super supportive. And I wonder, as you reframe potentially what this choice looks like, how you want to structure it, how you want to think about time, I'm wondering how can you involve people who love and support you and want the best for you, how can you involve them in creating that structure? Like, what would it look like for you all to have, like, little red shirts and, like, being on Team Maya (laughs) as part of Liverpool? Yeah, I feel like part of it would just be, like, talking to them and being like, I think this is what I'm going to do. I think we're going to start a season or we're going to start a fantasy league. What doctor do you think is going to... I'm obsessed. Yes. Oh I want to join this league. You should invent that as an app. You will become a millionaire. But please finish your thought, Maya. I'm sorry. No, I think it's just talking to them in whatever way and whatever choice I make and like talking through choices with them and stuff. And like, they're all so supportive. Like if I propose this idea, I'm sure they'd be like, great, we're on board. We're going to do this. So... Do you do you have a Liverpool like soccer shirt? Yes. 
What if you wore that to appointments? No, I'm being for real. It's game day. Leave it all on the field. (laughs) And then you take it off at the end and it's like, it's done. It's out of my hands. Interesting. (laughs) I like that idea. I don't know how well I'm going to remember it to do it practically, but I really like the idea. I really think it ties into kind of what we talked about earlier with like being set up like emotionally and like this is how I'm going to go through the process. And I feel like the shirt or a specific shirt could be very much part of that. I mean, the word that I kept hearing you use in the first text was intention. It sounds like you are someone who's very good at setting intentions, right? Through golf, through soccer, I would imagine in the rest of your life. And so it might be that we got to solutions a little too fast. And what what I'm hearing, right, is like a desire to sit back and reflect and set some intentions. And, you know, we've put forward a bunch of options for intentions, you know, setting up a pool, putting on a shirt, seeing it as a game, seeing yourself as a player. But what I'm hearing is, okay, like I'm allowed to take control of this. Mm. Does that sound right? Yeah, definitely. And I really like the idea of like the solution being to just set an intention and that it doesn't have to be picking one route and that's what I'm going down forever. It's just like setting an intention for now and then revisiting it after that plays out and that that process feels not necessarily easy, but it feels doable and it feels right. Mm. Mm. I just want to go back to something that Casper said at the beginning. This still sucks, right? Like even with a great intention and a great team This isn't the game you want to be playing, right? You, like, chose golf. You chose soccer. And someone threw you into this game. And you're like, I don't want to play, right? And so I think that I'm, I'm really excited about this conclusion and you setting intentions. But I don't want to be like, and your good attitude is going to make all the difference, Because it'll help you a lot, but this still freaking just sucks. You're 19. You shouldn't be in a tremendous amount of joint pain. And a doctor in a better world would be like, this is what this is. And like, this is how we're going to treat it. Or we can't treat it, but we're here to support you. And when someone asks you why you're taping your ankle, you can be like, oh, because I have scarf disorder. And, you know, they'll just leave you alone. I saw a scarf. (laughs) I looked into my room and there's a scarf. (laughs) But I just want to, I just, it's really important to me to acknowledge that, like, this is not the game you chose. And this is not a game that you would ever freaking choose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's Hunger Games. (laughs) And so now I get to say the other thing, which is that, like, I find you incredibly wise to be 19, Maya. I just want to say that, which is like your like emotional maturity and like ability to navigate your own experience while you're in it. Like that is not normal. You're extraordinary. And so I, I really hope that you know that. And I wish you didn't have this shitty situation that you're in, but like you are navigating it in a way that is extremely wise 
And I, I, I guess I, I just want to, I want to say that in a messy way. <laughs> I also think you're extraordinary. I like Thank truly. You. Maya, we've had a, a, a far ranging conversation and you may need a little time before you would know what this is, but does it feel like you have a best next step that you'll, you'll take away from this conversation? Fantasy league. <laughs> no, I feel like not immediately, but in a point of time that is yet undetermined, I will start a season. I think that's what I like. I think I want a season. I want a set of expectations. I want to be able to say this starts now and it ends now and that is all I have to go through. And that means that you are in off-season. That actually does mean that you are somewhere. Yeah. Right? You're mm-hmm. choosing right now to not be going to doctors and instead just to be choosing when the season starts. But off-season sounds like it is an intention that you're setting right now of like, until I can figure out when the season starts, I'm in off-season. Does that feel empowering? It feels like a relief because it feels like it's not a problem I have to think about. Right now, it feels like I'm giving myself space to be like, you have obviously have to live with it and I have to live with the pain, but I don't have to like weigh these two decisions. I don't have to think what is going to happen. I don't have to be like, do I call my doctor? Like, There's a lot of things that are taken off my plate by just saying, like, I'm in my off season. Yeah. It's beautiful. I think that is just like such a helpful piece of language for everyone in the world, right? Like, I'm always trying to write another book, but it's okay. I'm I'm in off season. I'm not writing right now or whatever it is. I'm always trying to get stronger. And then I was like, do you know what? No, I'm just going to keep walking, right? Like, we're all allowed off seasons from everything except from ourselves, and, like, you're so wonderful that I feel like since you are the only thing that you can't get an off-season from, you're doing great. Maya, thank you so much for being on the show. I am so invested in your team. Put me in, Coach. I hope the very best for you, and I'm so grateful for you sharing this question with us. I, I, I found it incredibly resonant, and I know so many people listening to this will find it useful, too. So thank you for for being so generous with us. And keep in touch. And I wish you a really restful, joyful off-season and then a season where failure is an option and it'll be beautiful. But mostly for now, I wish you just like a really joyful, restful off-season. Thank you. Seriously, like just having this conversation has been so amazing. And I was talking to somebody about this and how like, I hadn't really stepped back and, like, analyzed this. I hadn't had, like, a deep conversation like this. And, like, obviously, I ranted to my friends about this, but nothing in a way that's, like, I mean, ranting is productive, but, like, productive for planning for the future. And so this has just been, like, really, really amazing. And just before we leave you, I have a little maxim from Fort Worth, Texas, from Abby, who says... Be humble, for you are made of earth, but be noble, for you are made of stars. 
You've been listening to The Real Question. Please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash realquestionpod. And if you love the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Real Question Pod and Twitter at The Real Q Pod. A big shout out to our BFF tier patrons, Amanda Schramm, Aoife Howe, Ashley Mail, Eloise Faring, Mary Margaret, Stephanie Fedowish, Kristen Hall, Becky Boo, and Ari. We are a Not Sorry production. Our executive producer is Ariana Nettleman, who was on fine form today. We're mixed by Erica Huang. Our music is by Nick Boll, and we're distributed by Acast. Thank you to Maya for joining us. And if you like spending time with Maya, she has a book podcast that you can check out called My Take. Thanks also to Julia Agi, to Nikki Zoltan, Lara Glass, AJ Aramas, Gabby Ori, Stephanie Purcell, and you, Vanessa. Thank you. And you, my love. Thank you. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 